Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome to, to Film Splain, the podcast where two girls who should have gotten their degrees in film studies, but couldn't because it wasn't available at their college until their final semester, try to explain all things film. I'm your co-host, Kim Suyuki, she, her pronouns. And I'm your co-host, Sadie, also she, her pronouns. And let's start talking about what Film Splain is and why we wanted to start it in the first place. Yeah, because like, why, why the heck are we here, Sadie's? It's <laughs> a great question. So first of all, <laughs> We both love film. We do, because um, I don't know if you guys know this, but we had minors in film studies for our degrees because, well, our school decided really nicely to offer a film major the final semester of our senior year, so we couldn't officially take that on. But, you know, nonetheless, we took all of the classes, so we should have, like, technically qualified for a film major, but we couldn't. Oh, well. We can we can say that we do. Yeah. But yeah. that's all in the past. <laughs> that's all in the past. There's no grudges here at all. None whatsoever. But um, And we were also both um, arts and entertainment writers for our college newspaper. And I think especially there is where I found that I... Because I always have I've always loved movies. Ever since I was little, movies had, have been like a big comfort and escape for me. And I think once I got to college, I kind of realized that I could kind of take it and put a sort of critical and analytical spin on how I watch movies and that sort of thing and I feel like that totally opened up another avenue of why I do love films and why you know I watch the films that I watch and that sort of thing yeah so I'm gonna totally go and go ahead and agree with you on that I definitely always have been a big fan of film and for me it was like any way I can get my hand in the film industry I will take it (laughs) absolutely um and then I saw like an opportunity to write for the arts and entertainment section at our school newspaper like you said and just rambling on about like every movie and tv show I watched was so fun I was like we should keep doing this we should do this more (laughs) yeah no that's something that I I miss because I would just be able to like write a review on a film and people were like yeah good job and I was like thanks (laughs) oh, I didn't realize that, you know, I could do this. This is a possibility or an avenue for me. So that was really cool and really fun. And I think especially um, because we both love movies so much and like we we constantly are just kind of texting each other and being like, hey, have you seen so-and-so? And And then, you know, if we have, then, you know, we discuss it or like, oh, you should check this out. And then we talk about it and our opinions and stuff like that because we have very similar like film and show opinions as well. I think it's very, it's very fun. It makes for a very interesting discussion. It is because as well, like sometimes I'll talk to someone after I've watched the film and they'll be like, how did you get all these other points across from the film? Like, how did you know that was going to happen? And why did you think this? And why do you care about this? Why is that important? And I'll talk to Kim and she'll be like, yeah. And remember how the other thing also connected to that? And I'm like, so is Kim the only other person who gets it? Like, I don't know. Um, So yeah, we have a lot of similar opinions. You'll soon find out. Yeah, it's it's really fun, and especially to be like, I do that too with Sadie's, and where I'm like, I don't get how people, like, like a big one, I think last year was Nope, a lot of people for some reason didn't get that one, or like, it was just too dense for them to understand, and I was like, I don't know if it's because I'm an English major and a film person, but like, I was like, it felt kind of obvious to me, and then I, I had to text Sadie's about it, because I was like am I the only person who thinks that? And then she was like, no, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I was like, okay, so I'm not crazy. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that more, like, really soon, too, um, with Nope and some Every, other movies. And, you know, everything that happened last year with movies and that sort of thing. Yeah. But, but for right now, we're just talking about why we wanted to make this podcast and why we're sitting here right now. 
not in front of you, but in your ears. <laughs> in your ears right now. <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound wild. <laughs> no, um, not at all. So should we talk about where we came up with the name Films Plan as well? Absolutely, because I think it's such a great name and I think it's so funny. <laughs> Every time I try to like, I, I explain it to people, they're like, huh. Yeah, that's a name for sure. It's a fun name, I think. Um, I think for us, we, a big thing, me and Kim are both women of color mm-hmm. and Hollywood is so... Yeah, you know, Hollywood is so against women of color and also people of color and I feel like that is something that is super prevalent and we're also seeing Mm -hmm. especially now with awards season coming up how like the Oscars have like no women directors nominated exactly it's you look at the nominations for um best director and it's all white men and you're like oh did no woman make movies this year but, I like they don't have know. and so you're just kind of like why aren't they being acknowledged in that sort of thing and I think it's it's another topic too is like we both do want to get into the film industry somehow and I think the way that we see and watch movies and because of our life ex- our mm-hmm. life experiences definitely shapes the way that we experience and like digest movies as well and I think that's something that should be talked about more and should be uplifted more because uh because everything is dominated by by white men mm-hmm. and I think that you know we should be able to talk about this stuff too yeah so that along with um we were also discussing film bros if you've heard of that <laughs> phrase if you've yeah. been on twitter you know exactly TikTok. what we're talking about um and just guys who the type of guys who are like you just didn't get fight club you just are they like I or, really or relate to I really relate to Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. And you're like, and you stare that's at them. kind of a red flag. It's I like, won't you lie. You shouldn't be doing that. I don't know how you got... I don't know how you drew that conclusion, <laughs> yeah. but you did. They're okay. like trying to flirt with you. And they're like, so me and Tyler Durden, we're basically the same person. And I'm like, I'm going to run the opposite direction now. Like, I can't that's do that. so fair. Or like, they're just like super for like... Quentin Tarantino films yeah. and they're just Kill Bill is everything yeah. okay but there's also other movies sir <laughs> and you're like have you seen other movies I just want to know yeah it's just um, curious because that man has a foot fetish and yeah. it's just you know I think we can we can move past that by now he's made a couple good movies but but we don't, we don't need, need to, to idolize him. Mm-mm, mm-mm. That's for sure. We're in, what, 2023 now? We don't <laughs> need to keep going with that. So I think it's safe to say many men who are interested in the film will over-explain <laughs> themselves. <laughs> are you guys getting where this is going? I feel like we're um, taking up what you're putting down. Yeah, and so also the fact that me and Kim just rant about movies all the time. We're like, are we the opposite of a film bro like we're like you know we're trying to reverse what the film bros are doing yeah like the film bros are doing a lot of damage and we're just trying to reverse that for (laughs) the film industry (laughs) because i feel like it also just puts like a bad name on to you know the film industry and like what people who do like movie reviews and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing and critiques and podcasts like we are doing now um and just kind of like oh you know 
you're starting a podcast. I bet you're like the film bros, but we're we're definitely not. We're we're two fun. We're both best friends too. So you know, we're two exactly. fun friends just talking about film and ranting and rambling because we simply just love it, and we just want to share that with you guys. So that's that's where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> I literally. <laughs> so true thank you okay so um but despite all that um let's get into why we're here and why we started film splain and talk about some film stuff shall we let's do it all right so today we'll be answering the question is cinema with a capital c by the way dead rumor has it that cinema is dead (gasps) no why did you die let's pause for dramatic effect you guys Okay, I think that was a good pause. That, that was a great pause. That was, that was thank, a you guys for, pause. thank you guys for including us in that moment. I'm going to um, give you a round of applause. That was yeah. great acting. This is going to be a very participatory like podcast. You guys are involved, whether you know it or not. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to make that work, but we're going to make that work. But we're making it work. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been hearing through the grapevine that rumor is that cinema's dead. <laughs> is cinema so. dead, though? Here's the thing. So let's go back to Nope, like you said, right? Yeah, so, let's go back to Nope. And I think where this conversation like really exploded mm-hmm. and started was with the pandemic. Yep. Because we, I, I saw like a ton of articles being like, oh, you know, movie theaters are shutting down. Is there any way that they can recoup all those losses because people mm-hmm. aren't going to movies? You know, they're paranoid to go back to movie theaters. Everything's closed, all of that sort of thing. And then also the way that... Um, streaming services as like disney made films like super readily available on the streaming platforms Mm -hmm. and so i think that just kind of became like this realization of our movie theaters just and the movies like the middleman and we don't really need that if they can just so easily be like imported into our screens and tvs at home so like why is it worth going to the movies 100% so I I remember so also I was working at a movie theater during the pandemic and how was that so obviously like they closed down and I was on school leave so I would come back home from school because I'm not from California I would come back home work and then come back to school and just do school stuff and they were like since you're on school leave like like we don't know when we're coming back like we're gonna have to let you go and I was like sure that's fine it's <laughs> not that's not terrible at all thanks guys <laughs> um job security in america <laughs> um but <laughs> so that and then like the pandemic like i could totally undersee understand undersee <laughs> you're creating <laughs> words on the spot i love that just who i am as a person <laughs> um i could totally see how people were saying like oh my god like cinema's dead like no one's going to movie theaters anymore like I was like I'm not even going like I can't my job told me I can't go um <laughs> I so was I, barred no so not for get me, it but it's it's this thing where like people were like yeah do we really need to go to the movies like what is the point of that anymore and it's like the movie theater going experience for me has always been an experience it's always mm-hmm. been like you get your huge popcorn, mm-hmm. you get your icy, I, I mix two flavors always, that's oh, just who too. I am. And when you eat your candy, if you get sweetest fish, I'm judging you, that's all Absolutely. I can say. <laughs> all I can say about that. You have a whole array of candy, you get sweetest <laughs> exactly. fish. Hmm. It's just like, why would you do that? I know everything I need to know about you at that point. <laughs> um, and then you go, and it's like, you're experiencing this movie with 
so many other people mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like if you've ever been to a concert like you're literally sitting there you're seeing this performer who you you probably enjoy if you went to see them you bought yeah. tickets um and you're like oh my god like I get to experience this with a bunch of people I don't know but we all have this one commonality that we really want to see this person mm-hmm. and it's it's really similar with movies you you're like we all randomly on a Tuesday wanted to see this movie at 3 p.m. Yeah. yeah and it's like we're all here enjoying this or some of us aren't enjoying it because it's a bad movie but that works too like absolutely yeah and I think because my family was always the type to get to the movie theaters early and so you know the trailer watching and I think all of that especially gets kind of lost when you are just like seeing mm-hmm. it at home and that sort of thing and don't get me wrong Ads do exist on streaming services. Yeah. I, but it's I don't I don't feel like it's the same as seeing like oh, you know what movies are coming out in like three months that I could go see like, mm-hmm. or like you know when I was little I'd be like, all right what Disney movies being released this year, yeah. and am I gonna be super excited for it? And then you know it just kind of builds up that hype and that sort of thing. And also at home. You cannot get your room that dark. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot get your true. room that dark and you cannot get sound like that. Especially with how movie theaters nowadays have sound. You can feel it like coming up your entire body. <laughs> There's like 4D movie experiences now. Like There's a new thing at AMC called Laser. I did. I just found out where they just made the, the color a lot better. And I was like, all right. I see you guys trying to, trying <laughs> exactly. to one-up watching movies at home. Are like those theaters with like full like couches are like a bed and it's like you guys are really upping your game and, then and i the, don't know what to do the food service too those yeah are crazy. it's insane it's an experience and it's funny like i said we're having worked at the movies too like that whole experience also just adds to like enjoying the experience even mm-hmm. more of going to the movies because like i remember i worked at the movie theater for like two and a half years and all of my coworkers were big movie buffs. Like, we mm-hmm. all talked about movies all the time. Like, what's coming out? What's blah, blah, blah. And so, like, we would always be excited because we got free movie tickets. <laughs> so, we'd be like, okay, this is what I'm going to watch on my day off. This mm-hmm. is what I'm going to watch. And, like, it just adds to the the excitement over movies. Like, people get excited about movies, especially when they get to go see it, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And I think a big thing that we, were, we saw last year with the movies and especially coming out of the sort of pandemic and the lockdown and that whole mm-hmm. thing is I think we got to see a lot of creative and fun movies mm-hmm. last year, which I think is a something that, you know, I don't know if it's been talked, like I haven't seen it being talked about as like a whole last year. Because I think we got a lot, we got everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Amazing movie. Film. Literally, 100 out of 10. <laughs> Go watch it if you haven't. <laughs> Buy it. I think it's only on Amazon right now. Buy but it. buy it. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth the however much money. I think it's like 20 bucks or something like that. It's 20 bucks. You'll watch it so many times. I, I've already gotten my money's worth 10 times over. <laughs> um, I think Nope was also a really great yeah. one that came out last year. And I think Nope, um, we'll talk about this more in, in a very small bit, but Nope very much contributed to and, and came out of the whole conversation of like is movies and is going to the movies dead. And, you know, we got to see a lot of like cool films and I think um and I think the pandemic kind of in a way as bad as it was don't get me wrong pandemic yeah. sucked the lockdown we're not, we're not pro-pandemic we are, we are not pro-pandemic here but I think the way in which people expressed their emotions and their frustrations mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and I think the pandemic also called on a lot for introspection and that sort of thing too because you were just kind of sitting 
with yourself for like months until you could go see your friends again (laughs) and like just even step outside of the house without feeling gross and I think that kind of translated a lot into the movies that we have we saw and have been seeing since then and I think it's really I think it was a an important time for it to happen Mm -hmm. because we have a lot of you know franchises and Marvel movies that I feel like dominate a lot of what you know, the movies is now, you know, you just see their influence with the floating heads posters and that sort of thing. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's everywhere. But I think with that, it did a great job of fostering this sort of creativity. And so we saw a lot of great films last year. Going more into what you said, and we'll talk about this more too, but like the pandemic did like a lot of good movies came out of the pandemic and I think a big part of that is like whatever is going on in the world we even just subconsciously like writers and filmmakers we start putting that into our work mm-hmm. we're like how how can we make this work into what we're already doing or how like how does it relate and then it becomes a even if you're even if that wasn't the intention because you're in a pandemic mm-hmm. like we can talk about WandaVision we're talking about Marvel like that show wasn't prepared to come out during a pandemic Mm -mm. but there was a whole episode of Wanda in quarantine and that was like whoa like we're in quarantine and her Mm -hmm. whole mental state was so drained Mm -hmm. and watching that during the pandemic like Mm -hmm. you felt that and that wasn't conscious but it was like it worked and that's Mm -hmm. I think a lot of films did consciously or subconsciously start doing that and that was really interesting yeah I agree and also the way the pandemic has kind of like influenced a lot of what we're seeing um I don't know if you've seen it um yet but I've been keeping up with the last of us and a big thing that they were talking about was like oh we're using a lot of the influence because we were just like in this big pandemic how Mm. can we translate it here and like what happens if it got really bad and that sort of thing so I think it's just really interesting and creative that you can kind of like use the science and the sort of um result of all of that and put it into shows and that sort of thing to kind of be a mirror to what we saw but also like a further warning of mm-hmm. of if we keep ignoring it and we start like dropping covid restrictions <laughs> what might happen i don't know it could be I wonder really, could be really really bad you know you don't want people turning into to zombies but you know twiddles thumbs maybe that might happen <laughs> it kind of reminds me too of like I think with horror movies, it's mm. they're usually based on like what is society's current fear, mm-hmm. and they tie that into the big scary thing in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of one, but like, there's probably like disease would be one. Disease is definitely one. Um, I think Man versus Nature is also yeah. another big one. You know, like I don't know why it came to my head, but Sharknado. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know literally. stuff like, but stuff like that, just kind of like these big crazy um, events. There was a movie recently. I hate the name, but it's called Moonfall, and it's literally about the moon <laughs> falling. falling. <laughs> I, I've only seen the trailer, but when I saw the trailer, I turned to my partner and was like, "Oh, it's on HBO Max, right?" I think it's okay. on HBO Max now. But I saw, I looked at my partner and was like, "Can you believe they named the movie that? It's literally <laughs> the moon falling out of the sky, and they called it that." But also, I think if we're gonna put like a little spin on this, I also think it could possibly be the sort of fear of like. What if the moon does fall out of the sky one day? Yeah. What if, you know, because, and also, like, people talk about the sun dying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are you doing that to me? So it's just taking these, like, fears that are 
almost universal on putting it into something tangible yeah and you know realized that sort of thing so it's not just like this big abstract kind of scary monster and trying to make sense of it and that's why i've like started to enjoy horror a lot i didn't like horror when i was a kid same <laughs> um i think it's because um my mom was really big on stephen king books and <laughs> and she was like oh you should read like pet cemetery and i was like no eight, eight or nine and i read it and i was like mom <laughs> never again never again so that traumatized me and so i i would just stay away from horror books horror shows horror movies and all that sort of thing and then i got to college and then i took um the horror film class during jan term that was offered and i was like oh shit horror movies are pretty cool actually <laughs> are, uh-huh, they actually say a lot actually i've been missing out on this my whole entire life (laughs) and so now i'm just kind of like spending ketchup on all of the horror movies i have missed and and shows that i have missed as well it's still a very very long list for me to get through but i'm very slowly but surely catching up because i do really enjoy the horror genre because it does say something bigger about our society and the state Mm -hmm. we live in 100 percent i I mean, I 100% was the kid who was, like, scarred by Coraline. So I 100% was not going into, like, an actual horror movie as, like, growing up. And it it was pretty similar. Like, I realized how much I really wanted to be in the film industry. And I was like, I'm going to have to get over it and just get into film. Like, (laughs) every film person I know is, like, horror, horror, horror. So I have to get into it. I Mm -hmm. I just have to. Um, And I started by getting into thriller first and then making my way into, like, the scarier horror yeah because i was like thriller you can distract yourself do the big Mm -hmm. mystery whatever yeah um but i was gonna say i think a lot of people are like that at first where they they limit themselves to only watch a certain genre Mm -hmm. and then they're like why movie no why movie all same why (laughs) why is that movie not like disney movie and it's like sir you just watch scream i don't know what you want yeah (laughs) are are like even with some marvel movies too like they're very formulaic but also like they each have different directors and stuff too and Mm -hmm. sam came back um the director from the original toby mcguire Mm spider-man movies um for the doctor strange movie and people were like i don't like how it was directed all scary and creepy and i was like do you know who this director is like have you met him like and it just it was he you know directors have styles exactly they have ways they're very that, stylistic yeah they have ways that they do certain films like um the eternals like uh yeah. Zhao, um she you know has big you know um environmental shots and like you know mm-hmm. it's, it's very pretty and aesthetic and that sort of thing while also but also the eternals was such a good movie and if you disagree i'm so sorry to yeah. it to you but the eternals is one of the better phase four movies yeah i will have to say but yeah directors have their own certain spin and style to it and i think i think this was a point you made a while ago but marvel was like allowing their directors to have more freedom on how the movies would look and how like you know the the sort of like not super strict on the superhero formula because Mm -hmm. that was i feel like was it a complaint that people were having of previous phases or something like that oh well i know like people were like oh a lot of people recently have been like this isn't the same as old marvel movies i don't understand i i miss the old marvel movies and i'm like well (laughs) these that's not how it works like this is a new phase we did we did the first phase Mm -hmm. now we're on 
you got to move with the <laughs> move yeah, with everyone we had, else. We had a big phase, and we had a big closeout of those phases that build up to that story. And so now that story's over, so we need to move on. Yeah, it literally like I think I ta- I know I ta- I talked about WandaVision earlier, but I did a whole article on it, so I can talk about that show forever. <laughs> um, but literally, when that show came out, I remember everyone being like, "Oh, like." is this villain gonna come in is this big mm-hmm. bad gonna come in and i was like this is one a television show mm-hmm. and like i'm like we got a, a sneak preview into thanos like multiple movies in and we didn't mm-hmm. get thanos until years and years after like mm-hmm. almost 30 movies in yeah that's when like and that was our big bad and mm-hmm. so i'm like we're not getting a big bad again for a long time mm-hmm. so you guys have to be patient and they're like we why we no get manifest manifesto why we no get and yeah. i'm like uh this was an eight episode series <laughs> i don't know what you thought you was gonna happen to drop in from the sky <laughs> at episode four and they were, like, yeah they were like i saw a fly he's coming and i was like oh my god no. i see that all the time <laughs> yeah. or like this this picture in the background looks like this so it has to be mephisto and i was like how are y'all how are y'all drawing those conclusions? <laughs> and how are we getting there? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we can maybe say, like, it's going to hint that certain things happening mm-hmm. for sure at some point. But we're not getting all of that right now in this, this like, in the way that show was paced mm-hmm. as well. I was like, it's not that, like, fast paced. Like, it didn't get into, like, what was going on to, like, maybe the second or third episode. And then mm-hmm. that's when the audience was like, oh, so this is what's happening. Yeah. Um, and so I was like you guys need to learn pacing you guys need to learn how tv shows work like there's a whole different thing between tv shows and movies as Mm -hmm. well absolutely and i think also a big thing that was um a big complaint (laughs) about marvel phase four was that it was just origin stories oh yeah and literally we have to have origin stories for all these new heroes that are coming in because either they have died or retired yeah the original avengers <laughs> and then and they're or they're just doing their own thing now like we need to have those origin stories for them and i liked i liked how they did a lot of the origin stories for phase four a lot yeah um shang chi is definitely one of my top if Super not my good. top phase four movie just because of how it was done the soundtrack was banger mm-hmm. the visuals were great i loved the i loved the story as a whole it was real it was real great um what else the eternals the eternals was a good one because that set up the stuff sort of stuff we're kind of seeing now in like phase five and you know we mm-hmm. have kang who's coming up and that sort of thing and so i feel like it's a slow setup Sure, but they are also trying to mess with the Marvel formula a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like, you know, as while it can still be the superhero genre, it doesn't have to, like, stay mm-hmm. the same formula or the superhero genre the entire time. You get bored after a while. Yeah. And it's, like, even... Well, because you have to think, like, this is now a franchise, too. It's not just a superhero movie it's a whole mm-hmm. franchise so not every single movie is going to be exactly the same even when they do follow a formula mm-hmm. but also i had another point and i completely forgot it <laughs> it happens so it's sorry. okay that it's was so worry. crazy and i was like yep <laughs> that was the thought um, i had now that's so awkward um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll come back if you're talking i really hope that it does um i was saying what was i what did i just say oh so it's a franchise so obviously like even with like 
a comedy movie, there's going to be, like, romance. There's going to be action. There's going to be different elements of different mm-hmm. genres. It's not just... Stri- I mean, even if it is strictly a comedy, it's still going to have other elements of other mm-hmm. genres in it. Um, and I'm trying to think of what I was about to say, and I literally... I think I lost it. Oh, that's so devastating. I'm so I hate sorry. when that happens. It's okay. So bad. Brains work If I remember it again, ways. I will bring it up. But <laughs> my brain, like, literally said, no, thank you. No, we don't... This thought's not... <laughs> That information is unnecessary. This actually. information you can no longer access. <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. It was something about Marvel. I know that. Maybe <laughs> we could start there. It's <laughs> like, great. Wait, what did you? What was like one of the last things you said? What was one of the last? Because <laughs> that'll I help said? me, or it won't help either of us. <laughs> or I just also have bad brain and just have really terrible memory as well. Um, yeah, I, I, one of the last things I was just talking about was like origins and how you know a lot of phase four was just setting up oh okay sorry not to cut you off no but you're I fine <laughs> i was just talking to help okay. you help your brain catch back up our brains this is why me and kim work so well by the way you guys like one of us will be talking for like oh and then the, the, this is we've been working together for like years now too so like so we figured we figured it out how to, how to crack each other this is great because we both have awful memory we both have lizard brains i'll be honest yeah um anyways (laughs) but basically like you're saying with how well they've been doing with origin stories too like it's not like it's just been origin stories Mm -hmm. either like because there are still like we don't have the original what's five or six is it five or six uh i feel like five america captain hawkeye Hawkeye, iron man Man, black widow hulk i think that's it i think so yeah yeah Sounds right. So Sounds not, right. If, if we're missing anybody, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> Just be like, hey, y'all missed y'all, a, y'all missed an adventure, and I'll be and like, we oh, won't care. Our bad. Sorry. If we remembered Hawkeye, I think we remembered everyone. Honestly, <laughs> um, fair. But yeah, even though it's not like the original. Well, we had some Hawkeye and some Hulk too. Yeah, and but so, they were helping that transition. Exactly. So I'm saying, like, even then, it's like they're helping the transition. They're still, we still get like snippets of some of the other avengers we, we still gotten some doctor strange we've got we're, we have a whole ant-man movie like it's literally not like, we got a whole movie with thor literally yeah so it's not like all of the like avengers and superheroes you know and love are completely gone like they've still incorporated them in so much already and it's like why are we acting like it's been like a complete zero transition and mm-hmm. like just new characters because it's not what's going on at all they're transitioning it actually really well yeah, I think that they have been doing that fairly well, too. And so I think, I don't think it's totally, you know, it may not be perfect, perfect. Right. But I think for transitioning from one big story to now trying to build up to another big story, I think they've been doing a fairly, fairly good job. And especially, like you said, that they, it wasn't like, boom, here's Kate Bishop. <laughs> yeah. It was, here's Hawkeye trying to, you know teach kate bishop how to Mm -hmm. and even then he was just super like no you're not gonna be you're not gonna do this and she was like but what if i did and so then so then he very reluctantly taught her how to do it you know and it's that whole thing where it's like you know the avenger the original the og avengers were getting older and are getting older you know Mm -hmm. they can't keep doing martial arts and rolling across the new york city (laughs) streets all the time (laughs) so they need you know they need 
younger people who can you know who are spry and can keep up mm-hmm. with that and so i think you know i think they've been doing a great job and sure also another big complaint is that like this phase is these two phases have been like kind of corny and that sort of thing but i think that they're also just kind of leaning more into the comic book aspect yeah. of where they came from because they did just they came from comic books. Yeah. You have America's like whole star portal thing. <laughs> that is the, one of the most comic booky things you yeah. could possibly translate in from comic books to a movie. So like, you know, I think that I think they're just trying to lean more into the sort of roots that they came from because because especially with like She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. The big complaint was like, oh, there's too many jokes. There's too many this. Why is she twerking with Megan Thee yeah. Stallion? <laughs> because uh, apparently one of the writers was like, oh, she would do that. Yeah, like, actually, I I was one of the writers. She would absolutely do that, and so it's like, I don't know. I feel like people, especially with the with the first three phases, kind of built Marvel up to be this big. Oh, like, oh, it's super intellectual and it's like mm-hmm. super serious and cool superheroes. You cannot have a superhero working with Megan Thee Stallion. It's like no, you know, especially since they're all like younger too. Like, let them have fun before before someone comes and stomps them all out. I have a couple things to say about that. The She-Hulk thing, what I remember is, like, people were like, Stanley wouldn't stand for this with <laughs> She-Hulk twerking with Megan the Stallion. And he literally, didn't he have, like, a superhero who was a stripper? Like, I think he, something like that. He... Let's he remember, literally... Let's remember <laughs> Howard the Duck exists. Yeah, literally. So I'm like, Stanley, he was just a silly little guy. Like, let's not let's act not like Stanley. Like, you saw his cameos in those movies. Was he taking himself seriously in any of those no. cameos? No. So, he, he, people were like, he's rolling in his grave. I'm like, I am sure you he's not. I am sure you he's like, you guys got it. Like, yeah. you rock. Like, yeah. And then also, like, um, shit, what was I going to say? <laughs> Excuse my language. Oh my God. Um, totally being this is not gonna be pg I'm oh so absolutely sorry, not i'm sorry we sorry we ahead both, of time yeah we both curse a lot so you know yeah that's we'll just a thing you have to deal with anyways um, man there's something about <laughs> how does this keep happening to me <laughs> you guys are gonna hate me you guys are like why did she <laughs> why did she does think that, this was like if good she idea? doesn't know how to talk why is she on a podcast dude i don't know <laughs> i don't know why kim wanted me out of all people you guys you're great Thanks. you're a great person to talk with obviously i gotta go <laughs> She runs out the room, I and I have to finish up this episode all by ran. myself. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was going to say something else about, like, um, you were saying something about She-Hulk and all the other things, all the other shows. About them being more comic booky and more, like, yes. unserious just because they're oh, all younger. Oh, yeah. I think that was a big thing, too, is, like, people were like, oh, like, oh, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah. I think, like, obviously, like, we've seen the um, disparities, is that the the differences i guess between like marvel success and dc's oh not as much success yes. um that's something i i was a big marvel nerd as a kid i mean maybe i still am and i never grew out of that um <laughs> but i like remember in middle school i wrote a whole like essay about what why marvel was better than dc that and how it was out. more successful and um <laughs> and now i'm here so we we understand <laughs> now why i'm here um but we see like how successful marvel has become right Mm -hmm. and because of their success they don't care as much Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like they don't have because obviously they started with the original five avengers and it it was a very white like cast is very Mm -hmm. very white superheroes very and some of their older movies were a little bit more serious they were like the tones of the movies Mm -hmm. were not 
as colorful as some of the tones of the movies and shows we're getting mm-hmm. now. But now they have more creative liberty now that they're successful to do like mm-hmm. the things they want to do. They can have colorful, cheesy comic book stuff. Mm-hmm. They can have people of color like led movies and shows the without Marvels feeling like we're really excited for the marvels um and they can have that without being scared that they're going to that movie's going to fail if they did that in their earlier stages Mm -hmm. their fear was okay we put this movie out now and this movie out now it's not going to be a success and that's unfortunate but that's how unfortunately like it works and then yeah so now they're like we have creative freedom we can do what we've been wanting to do Mm -hmm. all these years anyways Mm -hmm. and so when that complaint comes i'm like this was always going to happen like this was just a very like long-term plan yeah and dc i think is well especially now is still very much trying to find their footing Mm -hmm. in the superhero genre without being like super heavily compared to marvel because i feel like that's also a big thing too is like dc is trying to find their way to tell superhero stories without being a direct without being accused of being a direct copy of marvel (coughs) i think that's hard because marvel you know had such a head start and had Mm -hmm. such a way to you know establish themselves so quickly that dc needs to catch up and i think they're gonna have a really hard time catching up however i've heard the flash is fantastic and it makes sense as to why ezra miller is still (laughs) in it is still is still the the door hasn't completely been closed on ezra miller and you know i was just like maybe the reason has to be that the flash is good (laughs) and because of the test screenings that are coming out and that they're saying the flash is fantastic makes more sense now yeah but you know we have that and but yeah since dc completely scrapped you know most of their main um superheroes you know they got rid of henry cavill gal Mm -hmm. Gadot. um who else was there Jason Momoa for Aquaman. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't think anymore. Um, there was more stuff, and then James Gunn is kind of coming in and trying to rebrand DC. Um, oh, The Rock. I don't think The Rock is coming back I'm for Black sure. Adam. Yeah, I'm not sure. He had a whole thing with that too, though. It oh was, yeah, the whole drama. There was a lot of. Well, I don't know about drama, but I remember like people were just not loving Black Adam. That was, too. Like, Sorry. But yeah, there's that whole drama about him not wanting to be a part of Shazam, even though he was oh, Shazam's villain. Right. Yeah, so there was that whole thing, and That's then interesting. yeah, and then I know Zachary Levi was. I think there's an invitation for him to come back. Like there's invitations for some of them to come back if they wanted to, but mm-hmm. I think they're mostly focusing on looking for new people to fill yeah. those roles, which will be interesting to see how they how they do it because because I did actually enjoy the newest um Suicide Squad movie. I thought it was just goofy. It was just, you know, James Gunn style and mm-hmm. but he does a really good work with ensemble casts, I think. And so, but I don't know if that's the sort of style they're going to move forward with with the DC because he is kind of the one taking over. I don't know. We'll we'll see and we'll find, we'll out. find out. But yeah, that'll be really interesting, <clears throat> but it does like you said um beg the question of how are they how are they going to go forward with their established style because they can't mm-hmm. experiment because they are starting from right. ground zero again. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. We'll have to definitely keep our eyeballs out. Um, sorry. Yep. Yep. That's it. <laughs> I agree. Um, but she's thinking her brain's buffering. <laughs> it's literally so bad. Like my family, if I like, I'm quiet for a really long time. They'll be like, they're like, oh, like what's going on? What's wrong? I'm like, I'm just thinking. They're like, uh oh. And I'm like, please stop. <laughs> You're stressing me out more. <laughs> please stop looking at me. Yeah, I can't exactly. think of it. Um. 
so do you want to talk about um I don't know I guess we kind of touched up on like how genres can be formulaic and and predictable and still entertaining regardless of how predictable they are but we talked about that a little bit with marvel and like superhero movies mm-hmm. but but also there are other genres too there are other genres and one of my favorite that's making a comeback <laughs> is the mystery yeah. and detective genre i freaking love the mystery and detective genre i just think it's so fun and has so many like fun tropes in it and mm-hmm. i'm really glad it's making a comeback the way it is because we have um we had knives out mm-hmm. which i think was kind of the the progenitor for all of it Mm-hmm. with how successful it was and it was just it was just such a, it's such a good movie it's so fun. Watch chris evans uh, monologue in that movie uh, i love so, it so so good i'm not gonna spoil it for you guys but i love it it's so good and then last year we had um the menu which was a great mm-hmm. great great movie um see how they run was a see uh, how they run was so good it was so fun <laughs> was right so fun. no because i i had been seeing reviews for it and i was like oh i i want to watch it and then i think i just logged on to my hbo max one day and saw it I was like oh i'm gonna put yeah. it on and so i i finally got to watch it and i was just like this is such a fun movie why didn't i hear more about it mm-hmm. um see how they run was, was fun what else we had glass onion mm-hmm. last year as well which was honestly for in terms of sequels go really, really solid really sequel. solid sequel um i just want i just want a knives out universe that's all yeah. i want just benoit, <laughs> just benoit blanc on a bunch of different cases that have no relation to each other but he just is going out there and solving mysteries literally all i want and i want to and i want a benoit blanc, uh, blanc movie in a muppets i was gonna crossover. say benoit blanc in the muppets win like the well, best combo i could think of absolutely and people are like oh you know but that can't happen because then it's just a muppet movie with benoit blanc and i'm like okay your point being that's, that's, <laughs> what is the point yeah that's so fine um it's so funny too because one of my comfort movies is Clue 1985, I believe is when it came out. Um, and it's I rewatched it recently because your girl was going through it and I needed a comfort movie. <laughs> um, and I was watching it again and it's such a like hilarious like quotable movie. Like mm-hmm. they were like, um, no, communism was a red herring and like things like that that are just <laughs> so like random but funny like it's just like a silly funny movie and it's a great whodunit and Mm -hmm. also it was and I I love the board game clue too so like when I found out it was a movie like I don't know how old I was but my mom was like yeah it's a movie too and I was like it's a movie like that changed the game for (laughs) me I need to watch it immediately Um, I literally was like okay where where can I watch this like I need to see this (laughs) now like don't lie to me um and it's just one of those movies that bro my brain just <laughs> starts and stops every it's time like, it, 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 but clue is just a really fun movie to me and i think like that started my love for like whodunits for sure mm-hmm. and it's like the so the resurgence of like whodunits has made me so happy because i'm like oh we're, we're getting this again it's like clue all over again I so know. I it's a it's, lot of fun yeah and i think i think a big um thing and also criticism that you see a lot of whodunits is like oh you know who the killer is you know mm-hmm. it's very predictable oh well, obviously this happens and blah 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 dies or blah 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 happens you know and that mm-hmm. sort of thing but i don't know i just i still think that even though there are predictable elements to whodunits and mysteries and that sort of thing they're just so fun to watch and i think especially like with the resurgence 
um, the sort of inversion um, they've been doing with tropes and that sort of thing, like Knives Out and Glass Onion, you know, the gla- whole Glass Onion thing is usually like, the villains have iPhones and that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. the villain just had no phone. Yeah, that, that was, was so good. That was great. And there's just like all these little things in which they're like self-aware. So they like flip it on its head. And I think mm-hmm. that sort of thing is just like so, so fun. And it just makes it more interesting um and a little less predictable if you know what you're looking for mm-hmm. it's like easter egg hunting almost and i think that's the super fun of thing about it is because it kind of it gets your brain working it's like you can create your own bulletin board with all the red strings and mm-hmm. little push pins in it and i think that's such a fun thing and it's like can i figure it out before the detective figures it out it's always the funnest game to play because it's like okay am i smarter than ben Wobble? <laughs> yeah can i have figured it out However, I did not figure out um, Miles' dinner party murder thing before Benoit Blanc did. That man... Oh, the, like, actual, like, murder game. Yeah, I was like... The murder game, he figured that out so fast. And I was like, how in the world? This is why you're the world's greatest detective, <laughs> exactly. sir. But, um... Oh, my God. I have so many things to say. Um, <laughs> now that my brain is working again, uh, I will tell you guys everything going on in my mind. Um, so, well... First off, like back to Clue, another thing I lo- I like really do love that movie, guys. I can't I can't like I can't even lie. Um, but that when that movie like came out back in the eighties, like it came out in multiple theaters, and there were if you watch, I think it's on it's on one of the streaming services right now. I don't remember which one. It's somewhere. But it, you can you can look it up. I watched it for free, so you can <laughs> find it somewhere. I swear. Um, but like at the end, it's like this is what could have happened and then they show you like an mm-hmm. ending of like who murdered them and then it's like or this could have happened and then they show you a different ending and they're like but this is what really happened and so when it actually came out that like you had one of the three endings like you didn't have mm-hmm. all three and so like i like that's another thing for like movie theater experience i like mm-hmm. back in that time would have been so for me would have been so fun because it's like you like i would have went to kim and been like kim like the movie was so good did you watch it? and she was like yeah yeah how so crazy how it was the blah 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 who did it and i'd be like no it was miss white who did it and she'd be mm-hmm. like no it was literally miss peacock and we'd be like wait what like what's going on and yeah. like that for me is like such a game changer and i feel like it's one of those movies that like at the time wasn't necessarily as appreciated but now looking back it's like that that was a game changer for its time for Mm -hmm, sure absolutely it was very innovative too and Mm -hmm. i think and i think that's a good point to come back to our very original question (laughs) yeah we're tying it all back here folks we promise you we will tie it all back we cast the fishing line so far out but i promise (laughs) it comes back and we go we tie it all back together of is is cinema dead and i think you know you come to these like innovative movies mm-hmm. and i'm gonna come around to nope because nope is one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite movies to talk about right now it's such a good one it's so good of being innovative and being super creative and being just a great movie to watch i saw nope in the theaters mm-hmm. when i when i first watched it i was like is this a mistake because of how it opens in and you watch that in a dark ass movie theater and you're like <laughs> oh shit <laughs> no thank you <laughs> i i i was like oh no and then they showed the full scene in the middle of the movie and i was like oh god mm. i feel like i can't run away yeah and it's just that movie is such a good movie and i think peel does a really good job of of taking the question is cinema dead and like can we ever go back to the movies and turning it into what nope turned into because you know he was like how can i make this sort of spectacle 
How can mm-hmm. I sort of make this movie that'll draw people back to coming to the movies? Mm-hmm. And I think Nope was a really great movie to do that with because of the sort of the mystery element, the mm-hmm. sci-fi, the Western element of it too, of all of this. And it all also being a commentary on like consumption and how mm-hmm. Hollywood is. Hollywood be Hollywooding all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it was just a really great movie to sort of acknowledge our predecessors in the industry mm-hmm. and show the sort of like what happens when you try to control stuff that you can't control. And because <laughs> there's there's that whole thing throughout the movie. And then, you know, uh, a big thing with Nope was like, oh, I didn't get the, the, the name cards or like why were there yeah. name breaks? And I was like you watch the movie (laughs) literally the whole point is to acknowledge these animals and these beings that we use on sets Mm -hmm. that never get named the most that they get like acknowledgement is at the very end of credits of being like Mm -hmm. thank you to the georgia humane society for you know providing these animals and no animals were harmed in the making of this movie but like peel was like no let's name them Let's Mm -hmm. give them, you know, an importance to the film, to the plot to show, you know, that we appreciate that we need to appreciate these things because they can literally maim you. Yeah. (laughs) The way that the the way that it starts with OJ and um, oh, my God, what's his sister's name? Um, That's so bad. I forgot. Oh, my God. We should know this. Emerald. Emerald. Yeah. The way OJ... I remembered spectacles. Spectacles. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. The way um, OJ and Emerald with the with the horse on the on the green screen, them shooting the commercial mm-hmm. sort of thing, the way that the horse like freaks out, like these animals can literally, literally Gordy, they can kill you. <laughs> they can do such harm and yet we're just treating them like things, like the way... You know, the way that, especially what Peel is commenting on, like, the way that we treat black people in the film industry, mm-hmm. just as things. We have, you know, he, the the um, lackey who was one of the first to, you know, show how film works and that sort of thing. And we don't have, we don't give him enough credit. We don't, you know, mm-hmm. really know the lackey's name and that sort of thing. And it's not common knowledge. And so it's just this whole sort of thing and then just turning it into this big, giant, alien (laughs) this big scary otherworldly thing to show that you know it's not all out there as we like to think that it is Mm -hmm. because i think we like to place our problems super duper far out yeah into the world like there's no way that that exists in space yeah there's no way that we're not we're not a monster but i think a good thing that movies do and i think a great thing that peel does to was to show you know you know, while while aliens are scary, humans are worse. Yeah, I th- that that was a great like I <laughs> I'm snapping. That was so good. <laughs> so many like great points that you just made. Thank you. I think um like Peel is probably one of the best innovators of our time as mm-hmm. far as the film industry. Like when I watch Nope, like that movie is so smart beyond compare. Like you mm-hmm. heard everything Kim just said. Like all of that is so true, and it's like. 
there like it starts off with a quote about spectacles so mm-hmm. you know what you're getting yourself into if you read the quote if you don't read the quote then maybe you won't i feel like know. a lot of people might have missed. i think the quote. a lot of people didn't read the quote <laughs> i was like hey it's starting with the quote maybe i should read this I was yeah like, oh it's gonna be about spectacles cool. and he gives you enough time to read the quote he does so give you a I good don't amount of know time what happens it's okay if you guys don't like reading i know people who like they're like i can't read subtitles the movie with subtitles yeah and i'm like do you not watch foreign films? Yeah. Okay. Do you not read books? <laughs> yeah. What's going like, on? <laughs> only if it has pictures. Um, but Actions? It's funny because the movie is about spectacles and why, like, I mean, not that spectacles are necessarily just wrong. Like, it's never that one-dimensional. But mm-hmm. it's about spectacles and how harmful spectacles have been and can be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that film is kind of a spectacle. And mm-hmm. I, I think not enough people have recognized that maybe or or i haven't heard enough people talking about how Mm -hmm. that movie itself is a is a spectacle as well but it's like we're watching it and we're seeing how harmful spectacles are but while we're also watching we're also participating exactly we're participating in that as well and it's like oh like and that gives you a funky feeling you're like oh no position exactly it's one of those (laughs) It's literally like watching that um, scene with Gordy and you're like, oh, it's uncomfortable, but I can't take my eyes off mm-hmm. of it. And that's what a spectacle is, right? You mm-hmm. you feel this uncomfortable feeling all throughout your body and you're like, but I can't look away. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big point that Peel really made in the whole film. And it's like, oh, like I'm feeling things I don't want to feel right <laughs> why now. Am I, why am I intrigued to, to watch this? Exactly. And it's like... Huh. And it, it makes you reevaluate yourself. And I always love films like that where you're like, how am I, you know what I mean? Like, how how am I a part of this issue? And mm-hmm. in what ways am I participating in that? Mm-hmm. And like, even like the TMZ guy at the end, too, and who was so adamant about getting like a picture. He was like, I could literally be dying right now. I just need that picture. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all. He literally was going to, and he did, die spoiler alert he didn't barely he didn't get the he didn't get the picture but you know he was going to get that picture or die Mm -hmm. you know and it's just this whole commentary of just the way that we we see things and the way that we go for these big big things that we you know make like the stupid balloons that have been yeah popping up like we've made such a big deal about these um weather balloons that you know it became like this whole hour by hour where's the balloon oh mm-hmm. and um like you know the the white house was like oh you know we know about it we're not going to shoot it down yet but because of the media coverage it was getting and they were they took the advice i think of it was the new york times or something they're like okay we'll shoot it down like that's the sort of <laughs> why did we become so drawn mm-hmm. to a balloon yeah like that's so crazy and it's, it's so wacky it's even like well, like I said with the names, like he used OJ and Emerald because OJ, like his mm-hmm. trial was a spectacle. Emerald with um, Emerald City and uh, what's it called? Wizard, Wizard of, Oz. of Oz. Yeah. Like that was a spectacle. If you guys know about that, I'm not going to tell you that because that's really dark. Um, But you guys can look that up yourselves. Um, But like things like that, like even just celebrity drama or like mm-hmm. real life things, like every situation a celebrity goes through, it could be the darkest time in their life, but we're making it a spectacle and we're acting like they're not real individualized people and human beings and it's it's really fucked up like Mm -hmm. i'm like that's what it is and like like literally like the oj trial like us talking about it making jokes like and i i'm one who's made jokes about stuff that i shouldn't make jokes about like Mm -hmm. i i can admit that and i think we we all should admit things like that but it's like looking back at it it's like oh like am i participating in the spectacle am i like Mm -hmm. 
participating in this really uncomfortable situation just by watching and that's what Jordan Peele asked in the movie like Mm -hmm. just by watching am I being a part of the problem yeah absolutely and I think that's such a great point and I think that's why we need movies is because Mm -hmm. like I feel like we get complicit and we just kind of just you know ride through our little our little lives and ignorance is bliss yeah you know we just are going through the motions which fair we live in a, a terrible world capitalism in america you know we live we live in that whole situation but it's also you watch movies like nope like that and you just sort of see and you get called out on it and i think that's a really fun and interesting way to be like oh shit i didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize I was part of the problem mm-hmm. until I saw something that made me realize I was I part, was of, the part problem. of the problem. <laughs> and it's like, ah, uh, how do I? And then after being called out on it, then it's like, how do I fix that? Mm-hmm. You know? And I just think, I just think movies and and especially Nope was such a such a good way to mirror the human condition mm-hmm. and to mirror like you know how we live our lives and to be like, hey, you've gotten a little comfortable. Let's shake that up. Yeah, exactly. That's. Like, movies like that where you're like, oh, like, yeah, like, you're too comfortable. Like, let's let's not be comfortable right now. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, and not... There are some people who try to just do, like, weird, gross things just to make you uncomfortable and it doesn't yeah. say anything. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, like, making you uncomfortable because you have to think. You have to think about... Think and reflect on who you are and how mm-hmm. you've done some shit that's not good, maybe, you know? And it's like, oh, or even just, like, this this character reflects who I am and I don't really like who that character is so mm-hmm. what do I not like in myself and things like that where you really have to reflect and be uncomfortable I think that's really good in the film I think so too and I think it's I think it's a really important aspect of movies of being just like these sort of mirrors of ourselves and of society and that sort of thing because I think we need that too because you know how often are you going to do like this really deep introspection and call yourself out on stuff you know and so watching movies and being like oh yeah so it's like um the menu the menu Mm -hmm. was a really big thing and was a whole critique on consumption and you know the the top percent you know getting (laughs) to do these really you know using their money for dine out experiences when they're really horrible horrible human beings Mm -hmm. and how um Anya Taylor Joy's character got kind of dragged into that but she was able to you know leave and be free while the other ones fucking died in a s'mores (laughs) in a s'mores (laughs) catastrophe um but I think movies like like that just do a good job of critiquing the sort of world we're in Mm -hmm. and yeah sometimes it can be a little like in your face but you know with how media literacy is nowadays sometimes it needs to be sometimes it needs to be said explicitly and so i think i think movies are so 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 important of not only providing representation but also critics Wow, I was going to say criticization. That's not a word. And providing criticism. There we go. <laughs> I would have went with it. I'm like, yeah, criticization. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought so that true. was... So true. I, don't know I would have went with it. I wouldn't have corrected you. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was a word. I was like, hold on. As I was in the middle of like thinking about saying it, I was like, that's not a word. Do we want to skip a ra- We, Me and Kim have notes because we're those type of people. We, um, as you could tell. As you may be able to see by now, um, do you want to skip around to like the mirroring and then go back to the other thing? So we're already yeah, kind of at that subject. Yeah, because we're already at that subject anyways. So, and it's not like we have a sort of like, yeah. we have to follow this. 
we must do it this way or else <laughs> or our else fans we will disappoint it in us die yeah we won't die i promise um so kind of like what you're saying with mirroring so basically there's i think we kind of we've literally pretty much touched up on this throughout but it's mm-hmm. like a lot of film we talked about it especially before but all film really does reflect or not all but a lot of films really mm-hmm. do reflect how society like the current state of society and like that's why we got certain types of movies out of the pandemic and mm-hmm. why we didn't get certain other movies out of the <laughs> pandemic right and so um there are some people though who don't necessarily see art and specifically film and tv as anything other than entertainment but mm-hmm. they're actually like i just said like they reflect the real world and a lot of harsh truths mm-hmm. so if you want to get into that <laughs> let's get into that one yeah let's talk about it let's talk about it yeah um so i was i was joking with sadie's as we were talking about this um specific point but like i can put my education <laughs> because i wrote my senior critical uh, theory paper on mm-hmm. um on spirited away and i did a lot of research for because i was talking about representation in my paper and my presentation that sort of thing and one of the things that i came upon was uh, jacques lacan's uh, mirror theory and basically that's like um as babies we like to look at ourselves in the mirrors because we have an identifier and we have someone to be like oh that's just like me it's not me but it's something i can equate to mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and then there's also the um mother figure who's often um also equated to the authority figure in the theory and that we like to see um because the mother goes oh yes that's you and you're like oh yes that is me and so with movies and films and that sort of thing is we love to see representation in films because we love to see that we're not alone mm-hmm. and i think that's such a such a big point and that's also why i love movies and why i want to get into you know anything with the film yeah. industry <laughs> because of the way you can make people not feel like they're alone in certain issues and especially being you know both of us being women of color you know i'm a, i'm a fourth generation japanese american woman i have a lot going on there you know <laughs> and so it's like seeing these sort of things that aren't super talked about or seen as like taboo in your culture mm-hmm. and you're like oh am i the only one dealing with it and but it's like no and especially recently especially last year we saw a lot of movies with generational trauma and that yeah. sort of thing and i think because we are getting you know younger people in the film industry we are getting more diversity in the film mm-hmm. industry we're seeing those sort of things being brought up because they need to be brought up because we haven't seen it brought up a lot of brats up there but i think yeah. it's important but i think it's just important to show like yeah this is something that happens in these cultures and in these communities and we need to talk about it and i think that's why we need to watch movies because even if you aren't a part of you know that culture that community you can still it can still be universal in a way like um like Encanto when Encanto came out you know i'm not uh latinx but you know i was like oh the family trauma the family trauma oh no the generational curses (laughs) yeah i was like huh that's crazy how we all deal with this and so like even though you're not a part of it there's still elements that you know can speak to a lot of people and i think that's really important and it's a big message and a big Mm -hmm. thing to get across with movies is because you get to put yourself into someone else's shoes and just kind of live 
their lives for a bit and then come out of it and be like, ah, okay, maybe I don't fully understand what your life is like, but at least have like a little glimpse into it now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just really important and just expands your sort of knowledge on like different cultures and different peoples. Mm -hmm. I have a few things to say. Oh, or does she? She she, she might, might change forget. her mind mid sentence and not say anything for a <laughs> few minutes. Um, <laughs> She'll get there though. She she will maybe get there eventually. Um, but oh, uh, so one thing is like, so I recently watched Brokeback Mountain for the first time, which I know you guys are like, girl, <laughs> how? There's a lot of movies like that. Like I I'm not gonna expose myself on how many like iconic movies I still haven't seen yet because you guys will kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the same boat. It's okay. But. I, I I mean, I knew I was going to watch it eventually. Heath Ledger, I love him. <laughs> um, but, like, watching that, and it's... I think that it's a very um, important queer story mm-hmm. to watch. And it, I think it takes place in, like, the 60s, I want to say. And, ov- I mean, obviously, we, we still live in a time that's homophobic. I'm not saying that we're not. Mm-hmm. But the further you go into the past, the more homophobic it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was... A time like gay marriage wasn't even legal yet right and so like watching that movie like if you were watching it and you, like if you're watching it and you're queer you can feel you can feel the emotion through it for sure but if you're straight and it's like putting put yourself in those shoes of like what queer men have had to deal with mm-hmm. and like it it's shitty like it's like oh like that fear of like being caught you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's like for for literally just being yourself and loving who you love like just big fear and this big like we can't be who we want to be together like we it's just not gonna happen it's such a it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet type of like Mm. tragedy type of story and it's Mm -hmm. like oh and it's like one of those things where like Kim was saying like you're putting yourself in someone's shoes and you're like oh like that but you have to be willing to put yourself in those shoes you have to be willing to be like oh and then also it's back to that like reflecting like how am I part of the problem like have Mm -hmm. you said some ignorant homophobic shit before because that adds to it like Mm because we're not that far from the 60s we're not that far removed from the homophobia and like Mm -hmm. a lot of people are still homophobic and like some of the things you've said or done like how has that contributed you know Mm -hmm. and so I think watching that it it gives you this like oh like this oh feeling for sure um that icky feeling you're talking about yeah exactly that icky feeling like ooh, like I don't like this but it's it's one of those movies that needs to be made because you're like oh because this is Mm -hmm. for a lot of people that's not a story they know Mm -hmm. you know for some people that's a story they know and they understand and they've heard but for a lot of people that wasn't especially when did that come out I feel like came out in like the 90s or something like that I think I think you're close but so it's like especially during that time like not everyone had heard of that story yet like we're starting to make more and more queer stories Mm -hmm. which is great but like if you go years back like queer stories weren't super popular Mm -hmm. weren't being told so it's like oh like this is what like I'm not knowing about these this is a story I haven't heard before and Mm -hmm. we're getting that more with people of color too and it's like oh like this is a story and like some people might be able to relate without the like queerness of it but do you get what I'm saying Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um I had another point too (laughs) (laughs) she'll think about it I I like the movie though it was good um and then also like with representation like it is really important for like that representation not only of like the trauma right like like I said like Brokeback Mountain was like traumatic and Mm -hmm. like there are so many other stories where it's like like I 
I know for me personally, like, as a black woman, I've seen so many stories that are just full of black trauma. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's good. Sometimes you're like, okay, yeah, I need, I realize the story needed to be told. And, like, mm-hmm. that's great. But sometimes it overdoes it. And it's, like, at a certain point, it starts being, like, exploitative of, like, mm-hmm. black trauma. And it's, like, there's literally a term for it, black trauma porn. And it's, like, how are we, how are we making black trauma now a spectacle? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, having that sort of, like, making sure you don't cross that line. But also, like are we telling like happy stories of mm-hmm. black people like are are we getting those stories told too because it shouldn't just be oh like queer people people of color disabled people are going through hardships it should mm-hmm. be we can also be happy we can also have a success and mm-hmm. we can see what that looks like and have that fun because you know who's gotten that straight white people they've gotten that their whole lives no. <laughs> can you believe it i can't actually <laughs> i am blown away literally oh my god here i go <laughs> <laughs> she blew away in the wind i'll try to catch her you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but you're you're so right because we need that sort of balance because yes these traumatic things do happen you know general tra- generational trauma is mm-hmm. a thing but we also need the happier end of things we want to be in rom-coms exactly. and, and comedies and that sort of thing we don't because then that just kind of puts us into a monolith yeah it just puts us into oh yeah they just experienced that stuff let's only talk about that mm-hmm. stuff and it's like no we also go through you know we also you know go through relationships we go through having friendships we you know we go on crazy vacations and that yeah. sort of thing we we deserve to also be put in those stories and not just these like crazy traumatic sort of w- movies and that sort of thing that just you know it gets to a point where it's like okay are we just being are we ex- just exploiting this mm-hmm. you know part this trauma that they do go through and so you know we we do deserve that definitely and so that's a really good point that you bring up thank you of course. <laughs> brought it up myself you but, um, <laughs> but um that's um what was I gonna say like a very we're gonna have another episode too where we get more into representation for yes, sure absolutely but, um and and also uh like trauma and black trauma that yeah sort of thing too for sure like we're we're kind of I know we're this talked is, a lot, but this, this is, is still sneak- us just glossing yeah, this over is it. Literally, just a sneak peek of yeah. us del- delving into future topics. This, so this whole episode is like, what are we going to talk about later? Basically, and um, in case you're thinking about it and you're thinking, wow, they can sure talk a lot for it being a sneak peek. Yes, we can. And just ima- <laughs> just just wait for those episodes. Cause exactly. Because then, then it's just we- us talking a lot, lot more, <laughs> and exactly. you're gonna be like, I didn't realize they could talk so much about it. And it's like. Neither did I. Neither did we. But until, here we are. Until we start talking. Well, once we met, that's when we found out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but that's what I was going to say. The thing about representation is like, hmm. <laughs> that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> the thing about representation? Hmm. No. That should be just the think title. about that. that just should, sit. That I was like, the, just sit with that. That should be the title <laughs> of our representation. That episode. will be. You guys need to hold us to that. That's our title, okay? Hmm. <laughs> if we don't make that our title, you guys have to be like, um, that that was the title we all agreed on. We all we voted. <laughs> it, should, um, it should just be representation dot 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 dot. Hmm. <laughs> Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> what is that? That would be so um, funny. I had a whole point too and it, it just ran away. It said no. Um, I believe in you. You can do it. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm happy someone does. Um, what were you we saying? Bef- I was saying something before that was about it, like. Are you, were you trying to talk about like the how representation also like exposes harsh truths are you going that way or i was not but (laughs) (laughs) 
I wasn't sure. Great point. Um, I was going to say something along the lines of like something about what I was just saying about um about representation. Oh, okay. How you you said about a monolith, right? Oh, okay. There you go. There we go. I know something that one of us said something that made me think of something else. That's how. That's how that. That's how conversations Mm -hmm. usually happen. Um, but. That was another thing. Like, uh, I remember this video. I had to. I also took a phone class in high school because, you know, creative She's just girl. That girl, you know. Um, and, <laughs> um, I remember in that class we had like a race unit and we mm. talked about how race has been viewed differently throughout film and how mm-hmm. racist a lot of films still oh, are and yeah. have been. And a lot of like, there's been so many racial stereotypes. And like I said, we'll get more into this in the representation episode for sure. But mm-hmm. it's like, and so the video we were watching though was like talking about like the different racial stereotypes and how it it limits how people of color are then viewed in mm-hmm. film because it's like, oh, this is how they are in this film. This is how all like mm-hmm. people of like this is how all black women are then if that's how it's seen in this film, mm-hmm. right? And it's like. No, they're like different types of black women. Like mm-hmm. there's not just this one type that they keep showing, but because of those stereotypes of black women, that's all they're going to show. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we need to like get away from. Absolutely. Is what I was gonna say. I'm so, I'm so happy I remember. I'm so proud of you for that. You guys don't know, that. like I'm literally patting myself on the back for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you should see the little like body movement she's doing. Yeah. She's a little like proud, like, yeah. You can I hear did it in that. my tone of voice, like mm, like mm. <laughs> Sorry, so guys. proud of you. <laughs> I I had coffee today, so like my energy is like high. It's okay because that's what we need for the for our introductory episode. We're yeah, doing, we're, we're I might need that for every episode. Yeah. I won't lie. We're on a roll. It's yeah. okay. But anyways, moving on to um, well, what are we moving on to? Well, let's keep the reflection thing going. I think okay, because about- there there is more to that conversation too. <laughs> I can't tell you guys what just happened, but it was funny. Um, but so like with the the flip side of that with like us needing more POC representation is do we still need white representation? The way how? Hold on. Hold on. The way the way you phrased that and then didn't commit to the end was amazing. <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> they're gonna be like this is reverse racism <laughs> uh, canceled <laughs> i can't believe okay we got canceled on our first episode ladies we can't we at least need to put out like three more episodes <laughs> at least. that was the goal we thought we were gonna be canceled by episode three but it happened episode one i'm so sorry uh, you know it was gonna happen eventually you're right it was and i, 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 I thought it for they us. were uh, i thought the award girlies were gonna come for us but you did that sooner <laughs> i'm getting the white boys on us already <laughs> no you're attracting the film bros get them out of here get them out get them out <laughs> um i can't do you want to talk about i feel like i've said what i wanted to I, say about white i feel like that's the conversation <laughs> that's it well i think like um well i we were saying earlier like people of color haven't had to have or gotten the privilege of having happy stories like first we got like no first we didn't get any representation and then mm-hmm. we got we got 
really black bad fishing, yeah. black face, Asian fishing, things like that, and yeah. then just terrible stereotypes awful, all awful around. Stereotypes, and then those stuck around for forever. For a, some of them they are still, still there. Yeah, some of them are still terrible. And then from then, I was like, okay, let's start actually making some representation. Yeah. But it's like only traumatic stuff, and we're like. Can we be happy? Can we get... Yeah, can we, like, figure um, out better ones? We didn't get, like, a black princess until I... I think I was in, like, middle school or high school and, like... Yeah, and even then, she was a frog for most of the Yeah, exactly. A lot of... Yeah. That's... Don't get me wrong. That's a whole other story. Don't get me wrong. I love Princess and the Frog, but, yeah, it, but it is. does have its flaws. It like, does. That's, like, her being a frog for, like, the majority of the movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Soul. He's just a little soul... Yeah, exactly. A little soul guy for most of the movie so like you know why (laughs) why is it when you know they have a black main character they all of a sudden aren't that (laughs) you know it's like it's like they're trying to make it palatable Mm -hmm. for a white audience and it's like no it's okay if we make them comfortable Mm -hmm. because you know we (laughs) because white people have had the luxury they've been able to be comfortable in in terms Mm -hmm. of film like They've gotten all of these white princesses, and they've gotten... Oh, yeah. They had, what, three phases of Marvel of whiteness. They've had, like... They've had their rom-coms and their happy Mm -hmm. endings and their their funny movies, their action, their thrillers. And we've just been waiting. Like, people have kind of just been waiting. We're like, are we going to get that? Can we have that? Can we be in those genres? And it's like, yes, absolutely. It's just, for some... We know why. Hollywood. We know why. <laughs> I, I say we don't know why. We know why Hollywood doesn't put us in those. Because they're not marketable. Mm-hmm. Quotes, air quotes. When they are. You see you see how um, how well Crazy Rich Asians did when it came out. Yeah. Like, people of color, women of color, we are marketable. Mm-hmm. But Hollywood likes to pretend that we're not. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big problem. And so that leads us to look at films that are majority white for representation and to be like oh maybe i can see myself in that one day or Mm -hmm. oh i can look at that or we look towards foreign films and that sort of thing we look towards um so i'm probably going to talk about this a lot in our representation episode but we look towards things like anime and for Mm -hmm. foreign um country films because they tell the sort of stories that we're looking for and you know put that whole the whole the good the bad and the ugly in it but not but one is never like emphasized more than the other it's like oh this is all encompassing and you know that's kind of what makes them like the character up but you know the bad isn't like super detrimental the good doesn't like you know totally take away the bad mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing and so we look towards that for representation because we can't find it at home and I think we were slowly, so slowly, <laughs> getting there. And, you know, we will start hopefully sometime soon seeing more people of color as leads in rom-coms, mm-hmm. in comedies, in thrillers, and all that sort of thing. And it's not just another traumatic, sad movie mm-hmm. for us to be in. And, you know, there are, maybe there'll be more um, Disney princesses of color. We're getting... Mm-hmm. um while it is a remake, we are getting mm. The Little Mermaid later this year, and I'm very excited to see how that, uh, how she's going to do, because from what I've seen and what I've heard, she sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also love her anyways. She's great. Um, but it's like putting, you know, 
black little black girls deserve to see themselves as princess mm-hmm. too. Like I, it should just be as simple should, as that. Yeah, it shouldn't be something that's debatable. And for it some reason, it is. Oh my god, it is. And, and the way that people are like, oh, but the Little Mermaid isn't black. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Don't cry I about have, it. I have a couple of things to say about that. One is it's like a little funny, but like kind of sad. <laughs> but like I like I said, like I don't. I don't remember the exact year, but Princess and the Frog, I don't... Like, it came out... Okay, yeah. So, it was, like, well past its time, honestly, for, like, a black princess. But... Mm-hmm. So, before that, the closest thing I had was Princess Jasmine in Aladdin. Like, I fully was, like... Like, if there was a show or a movie that didn't have black people, but they had brown people or tannish people or, like, mm-hmm. close enough to my skin color, like, I'm a brown girl, you know? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, like she's me like so that was princess mm-hmm. jasmine was my princess tiana until i got princess tiana basically mm-hmm. right and with white people like they haven't had to deal with that right and no. it's like they had um, ariel cinderella snow white Aurora, yeah and that was a, it was so funny because when um everyone start, first started talking about like the little mermaid remake they were like oh like how like white like not white representation but they were like <laughs> the redhead representation or like no she's she's white like she's a mermaid like sh- they can't be black and it's like how she's a mermaid like i don't know how to explain this to you I guys i hate like, to break it to you but it is a fictional story in yeah. which you can just make anything up and i think there's a there's a few things that i think trigger a lot of white audiences when it comes to that and it's just the fact that for so long they've had their like they've been that main character they've had those Mm -hmm. happy stories and so seeing like other people get that they're like that's not what's supposed to happen like that's not what Mm -hmm. we're used to having but then on top of that it's like we're we're slowly getting certain movies where like white people are getting called out Mm -hmm. and they're it's back to that reflection thing of like they feel uncomfortable right and if you've heard of like white fragility like white people don't want to hear like oh no they want to be like they're like oh i'm an ally but i'm not gonna listen to what you have to say but i'm an ally yeah and it's like no like you have to sit there and be uncomfortable and think about how maybe you said something that could have come across racist maybe you said Mm -hmm. something that is harmful to people of color maybe you weren't an ally that day and you need to you need to actually listen and a part of that listening is like if a person of color made a film and it's calling out white people sit there and watch it sit there and be like Mm -hmm. oh is that me yeah and a lot of white people aren't willing to do that Mm -mm, because it makes them uncomfortable and then they don't want to they're like oh that's not me i i could never Mm -hmm. that's 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 a big argument too is like i could never but the thing is is like white people get represented as the hero as mm-hmm. the person who saves the day all the time and white it's like, savior complex white savior complex and it's like well i hate to break it to you but white people cause a lot of problems mm-hmm. we're we're kind of in the current state we are because of white people <laughs> so, so i hate to break it to you guys but we need to we need to come down from that and we need to deconstruct it and we need to mm-hmm. look at it and be like okay and you know while films are well that can be uncomfortable it you know, films are also just the starting point for unpacking all of that, too. Mm-hmm. And if you're just uncomfortable watching a movie, then I hate to break it to you. You're going to hate trying to figure out and call out the rest of all of the things mm-hmm. that you might be implicated or complicit in. So, you know, and I think that it's just we need those kinds of movies and we need to start seeing more representation for, you know, people of color in these films. Because the more that happens, that it becomes normalized. And then, you know, maybe we can start going towards a, a happy, a happier society in which we are all understanding of each mm-hmm. other than just kind of being like, 
no, I, I could never do that. It's like, well, but you can and you have and you've perpetuated for years yeah. <laughs> and that sort of thing. So I think I think just movies and cinema is just so important for that, too. This is such a good tool and a good vessel. Exactly. <laughs> a- amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I agree with that 100%. Like, we we need to be able to, like, really just sit down and be like, hey, you can I listen to what you have to say about, like, how something I did was impactful mm-hmm. or, like, harmful to a certain community? And then sit there and, like not immediately need to respond sit with it like Mm -hmm. that's a big thing is like after watching a movie like nope are you gonna actually sit with it and see like ooh, how am i complicit or are you just gonna be like oh that was a movie that was and not like actually consider or think about what you just watched Mm -hmm. i will say nope has sat with me and it still sits Mm -hmm. with me because of i don't there were a lot of great movies last year but only two have like sat with me like that mm-hmm. and that's everything everywhere all at once and nope and i think it's because of the way nope gives you that icky feeling and mm-hmm. makes you think about it and also like the creativity and the innovation of nope and also the fact that it just got shafted at all awards yeah. this year is ridiculous <laughs> it's a great point and goes to the point in which we're going to talk about very very soon of the horribly racist history of award shows and yeah. the Oscars especially mm-hmm. goes to show while it looks like we are making progress in the film industry are we actually making progress if Hollywood doesn't acknowledge it mm-hmm. so that's gonna be a fun one to talk about that's gonna be very fun I'm gonna have so much fun with that one because <laughs> I have such a problem with award shows yeah and don't get me wrong I keep up I keep up with award shows because I kind of want to see how things are but I never take it to like my heart because I'm mm-hmm. like I have the movies that I would give awards to, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that just kind of goes off more subjectivity, but there are there are good objectively good films out yes. there. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely in which they're just all all across the board just good and would deserve awards for that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that nope didn't even get best soundtrack, best visuals, best CGI, mm-hmm. anything like that. Just off technicality alone not even Mm -hmm. just just for a second let's just not even think about you know the plot of that movie just off of the way the sound was the sound was phenomenal the the fucking part where the um jean jacket is over the house and it's bloody oh that was so fucking horrifying Mm -hmm. and being in a movie theater hearing that Mm -hmm. (laughs) awful it was awful but it was spectacular the soundtrack fire Mm -hmm. the fact that it was such a good sci-fi western blend was wonderful the chase the 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 very end chase scene the Mm -hmm. wonderful i think about that at least once a week (laughs) the visuals the way jean jacket in her final form looked yeah was so majestic and i think so well done and that sort of thing and even just when she was just as her little like ufo form was a feat in itself because they Mm -hmm. made jean jacket so big off technicalities alone that movie should have gotten so many nominations and the fact that it didn't goes to show that award shows still have so many problems and that hollywood Mm -hmm. still has so many problems because we aren't acknowledging these sort of creations that are happening Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong i love everything everywhere all at once but i think nope should have gotten that same 
sort of recognition recognition and acclaim because Mm -hmm. i i put those movies on like equal footing for the movies that came out last year and just recently in general yeah and i i think like i mean jordan peele is such a detail person in all of his movies where you're just Mm -hmm. like where you watch again you're like oh and there's oh and you're in it it all kind of comes together when you really like if you sit with it like his films you do have to sit with mm-hmm. and i think me and kim can both agree nope is probably peel's best film he has out mm-hmm. right now like, absolutely so far he's it's just one of those it it's one of those movies where like i know years from now it's still gonna sit with me i'm still gonna be like oh like the gordy scene like i'm gonna the be like oh scene is, was so yeah. visceral it just made me I think it was just kind of like a like it had to have been some sort of primal thing that he like evoked with that because the way that made me feel Mm -hmm. was something that I hadn't like felt from a film from a film like Mm -hmm. that sort of fear Mm -hmm. and you know I I'm I'm a girly who doesn't like horror so you know (laughs) to say that a film hasn't made me feel like that kind of fear Mm -hmm. it was just it was so well done and it was so well constructed and even despite the horrors of it the way i felt bad for gordy in the end mm-hmm. i was like god peel is a genius and yeah. i think and i do think nope is his most ambitious film but he pulls it off the best yes so out I of agree. the three out of the three nope is my personal favorite and i think it it, it is his best mm-hmm. that's <laughs> i agree <laughs> all you. i can say thank you thank you <laughs> we we like just come on each other throughout you guys just have to listen to us call each other like oh my god come here so smart oh my god sadie's like, <laughs> oh my god that's here. such a good point yeah sorry it's okay that's just, gonna be a love fest every episode that's just part of the fun of it yeah I think. um i don't know if you want to like kind of m- not technically move on but like going into that about how like the pandemic ended up altering the stories that came out yeah. next and i think that's a fun one i think that's yeah. a good coming to a close ish we're, we're getting there you we're, guys we're we getting promise it. it'll all it's it, coming around we've, we've made points okay will, we've made points it will all make sense in the end as to <laughs> what our ramblings mean for the answer to the question we posed like an hour and a half ago. this is also how like all of our favorite movies are where you're watching like what's going on and then at the end you're like oh, it all comes together there like that's yeah you guys get it we're just geniuses. We're we're on an appeal level genius today. Yeah, it's 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 on a it's on a level in which you have to dissect and then yeah, comes back it, around and you're like you you're is. gonna listen to all of our podcast episodes and just have to sit with them every episode <laughs> and then it'll make sense because at first through a first listen you may be like why are they just talking and mm-hmm. rambling then you sit with it and then you come back a day after and you're like yeah, i you're understand like, oh. what they meant now <laughs> they review us on letterbox the next day. <laughs> please do that i think that would be i, hel- I think that would be hilarious and then we could do a funny haha and post that to our social medias yeah anyways <laughs> we can we'll, like edit that like as a thing i think that'd be so funny anyways, anyways back to the podcast back to the real the back real to deal. the reason why you guys are here <laughs> they're not here for us they're not here to just listen to us talk you're, about shit you're right how dare you guys? That's so rude. That, that was really messed up. We thought you guys were here for us, but yeah, I know. it's fine. But we'll you're talk just, about film. But we'll you're talk here about for films, the movies? Whatever. Like we're called film splain or something? I guess. Whatever. I guess we're here so. to do our jobs. <laughs> so back to what we saying. So um, looking at how like the pandemic altered the stories that came next and like just like talking about what makes good cinema, I think that goes back to like 
if kind of what we were just talking about, like kids movies be entertaining and be intellectualized mm-hmm. and are can does it have to be just entertaining films does it have to be just intellectualization can we have both if that's i don't know if that made sense oh well, i hope so I, it made sense in my head so okay I think, I think it makes sense um but i think that's a good point because i think like i said wait 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 back um mm-hmm. a lot of the films that we saw last year were very creative very innovative and very original and for this one, I'm going to talk about my other favorite movie that came out last year, <laughs> okay. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, and I think that Everything Everywhere All at Once is close to, if not a perfect movie, because of the way that I think it balances everything. Because it balances, it does a juggling act, the whole movie, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of like different themes and ambitions and this sort of thing. And it's like, how can you take all of that and put it into, I, f- I forget how long the movie is. It's like two hours or something like, something that. like that. Something like that. How do you condense that all into like a two hour movie? Mm-hmm. And I think that Everything Everywhere All at Once did a really good job of doing that, of being serious, but also having that sort of levity with the eyeball mm-hmm. and, and the bagel, you know? <laughs> the rocks. The rocks. Oh, I fucking the rock scene the rock scene is so good because it was just so silent and i was, was just so there simple it was so simple and i was there just sobbing yeah. i was like why am i crying over rocks i was crying about taxes man like, I, know, I, I was don't like, know how a movie made I me cry about taxes taxes why are you doing this to me <laughs> but i think and it was such a creative film and it got mm-hmm. pitted and compared to this a lot because they yeah. were both multiversal movies and they came out around a similar time around a similar time not too. super super close but similar but, yeah similar enough but i don't think that they should have been compared because no. they were two totally different movies because yes they were both multi universal and i and you know action-packed i think everything everywhere all at once deals with a sort of different issue than multiverse yeah. of madness did they were different themes and genres all together all is together the thing. and like yeah they had like a couple things tying them together but i just mm-hmm. i don't think that was enough grounds for them to be compared same anyways though the creativity in everything everywhere all at once i think goes to show that you know those sort of stories can be told and they can be colorful and they can be <laughs> sorry i no, keep pumping in we went. <laughs> <laughs> anyways the way that they can be colorful and they can be meaningful but they can mm-hmm. also be funny and they can also be serious and they can make you cry you know yeah. and it was just this great balance of seriousness and and levity with the whole film, which was basically just Evelyn and Waymond, um, their sort of yeah. balance, and then the balance of Jobu and Evelyn and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, and then just them together as a family of figuring that out too and mm-hmm. navigating it and admitting that they need to navigate it together because they had just been navigating it separately this whole time. And so they didn't know each other's needs until they finally confronted it and finally came face to face with it and so i think it was just it was just such a well done film and mm-hmm. all the fun little easter eggs and the fact that they edited all like through zoom and through adobe that is, is crazy to me phenomenal still day. and it didn't get a best editing nomination which is crazy but top gun did 
Side eye. I was gonna say that's. I have nothing to say about Top Gun right now. That's <laughs> all I'm gonna say. I have that's nothing to say about that. Fair, but the fact um, that they did all of that, and you know, through through the pandemic, despite you know the the difficulties yeah. of not being able to be in a big like editing room or you know have like shared computers or whatever. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I'm not in the film industry yet. We're not there yet, guys. Give us a break. God. Yeah. Don't okay. come at me. I'm just coming um, from my experience, from the very limited experience I have. <laughs> so far. So far. Yeah. But I 100% agree. It's like, it has this huge, multiple really huge themes. And one of those being like generational trauma, mm-hmm. right? And and that, that's just one of the many themes it deals with. And it, I mean, even just love is a huge theme, oh, right? Yeah. Throughout the whole movie. And these are big emotional themes. Like, you I mean, you can watch that movie without crying, but I couldn't watch that uh-huh. movie without I crying. I still can't watch it without um, crying. But it, it, like you said, it still has like its moments where you're laughing, when you're cracking up, and it's mm-hmm. there's moments that are silly, like the, the hot raccoon- dog hands, hot dog hands, raccoon-y. Yeah, like there's so many moments where it's funny and it's you're enjoying yourself, but that I feel like adds to the emotion. When it's mm-hmm. sad, it's sad. You're like, oh, like because it, it's a full spectrum of emotion, and when a when a movie makes you feel a full spectrum of emotions, oh, that's when it hits. Mm-hmm. That's when the tears just flow right through you. And I think another movie for me that was so good that um, was similar to that was um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And it was similar to, like, it had, it was, it takes place in, like, um, fascist Italy, so not a fun time. And it, it's, <laughs> you're like, duh. But it has this huge no theme, way. right, of, like, obviously like anti-fascism but it's still like at its core is a story of Pinocchio a story of father and son and it's um I think Del Toro himself said like the original or the older Pinocchio stories were like Pinocchio learning how to be a good son but in this story it was um named Geppetto yes Geppetto learning how to be a good father and that like all like when you if you watch the film you'll like you'll you have to watch. I'm it. going to because award season is coming up, and yeah. I need, and I and I need to do my my list of of best picture watches. Yes, so I will get around to it. But I know it's gonna make me cry. I'm not I- gonna spoil it too much, but like that, like it literally when you watch the movie, you can feel that like oh, like he's it's about him being learning to be a good father, and that like that's just so interesting because like yeah, like being a good son, being a good boy, like a real boy, like that's always been the heart of the story of Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. But it's like how do you as an don't like manage that and change that and it's mm-hmm. there's so many moments that are really emotional there's so many quotes that I was like oh like it just hit for me and it, I immediately would just start crying I I think like five minutes into the movie I was crying already honestly and then <laughs> oh, no <laughs> but there were so many happy moments and funny moments as well with um that Jiminy Cricket you know a lovely character I was so happy <laughs> he was included in the film um and he just had his little moments of like humor and wit and then but then they'd be like you'd have that and then you'd have like oh shit like there are these kids in like fascist Italy right and you're dealing with that as well on top of like they just want to be kids and Mm -hmm. so many different things like and then father-son dynamic as well and Mm -hmm. like if you have any parental issues like it's gonna it's gonna hit deep so it's gonna be a hard one (laughs) yeah but um but it was able to let me go through a full range of emotions Mm -hmm. But so many people aren't going to go into that movie and watch it because it's animation. So they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is for kids. But it's like, I'm a 23-year-old woman and I felt every single emotion that <laughs> I think Del Toro wanted me to feel. Yeah. And so it's like, 
you you have to like let go of that kind of how what we were saying earlier about like limiting yourself mm-hmm. like you can't limit yourself because there are so many good movies out there in so many different genres and if i just never had i was like I w- i'll never watch animation like that's for kids blah blah, blah. like i don't want to watch it anymore I, like that for me del toro's pinocchio i know is another one that's really gonna sit with me mm-hmm. it kind of puts me in the mindset of one of my other favorite films um la vida bella or life is beautiful which is a foreign film also takes place in fascist italy i feel like there's um, a theme here <laughs> also a father and son dynamic in oh the film. no um so watch those movies you guys but it, it's i don't know yeah that's what I wanted to say. I was like, I I had points and I made them. I'm so proud Continue. of you for doing that without stopping. I know. I and was your so brain close. being like, hmm. my brain actually working. Yeah, but I think I think what makes good cinema is something that's so subjective. And mm-hmm. if you don't say that, you're lying to yourself because it's so different from person to person yeah. of like what you think is gonna make a good movie and partially why i think award shows are kind of bullshit yeah <laughs> because there can be so many good movies out there and you know some of the movies nominated you know are just kind of you're just kind of like what <laughs> like i'm gonna just say this now because this will be a, uh, a topic we get into I don't get why Avatar is not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Everyone who like loves Avatar, and I know there's a lot of you. Why? <laughs> I, I honestly, all I can say, will never understand it. Um, that's that's a, something we're definitely that's gonna, just a hot take of ours. That's a hot take of ours, and that's something we're gonna get more into in a later episode. Mm-hmm. But like, why is Avatar nominated? But you could pull somebody off the street and Avatar's their favorite movie. Right. You know? And they might get emotional about it, too. They and might yeah, be like, and this they is may why feel the same way I that have... you did through mm-hmm. Pinocchio. And so, you know, I think I think judging... Well, there are, yes, technically good films. There are technically sound films. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can award them on, on that. Okay. But, you know, Sadie's and I could watch the same movie and have different takeaways and have different mm-hmm. feelings about the movie. Like don't think this has happened yet (laughs) i could suggest a movie i would love it she would hate it Mm -hmm. you know that sort of thing because it's just the way we view things and we all have different life experiences Mm -hmm. as well and all that also shapes a lot of how we watch movies and what we think is good in terms of movies and so i think just good cinema is just something that just makes you feel things and makes you think and i think it's just as simple as that and i think we are getting a lot of those good movies now mm. and we have we have been because we are kind of breaking away a little bit not totally but we are getting some breakthroughs and some gems uh, from franchises and remakes and adaptations mm-hmm. and that sort sort of things because while it can be good to update some older um movies or plays or whatever mm-hmm. i think it's more important to focus on telling original stories yeah and getting those stories and those emotions out and then you know feeling just feeling i think that's like yeah i think that's just a great thing movies make you do it's just they just make you feel and i think that's just i think for me personally i think that's just a good indicator of a film like did it make me feel something it doesn't necessarily have to make you cry but like Mm -hmm. if it's a comedy did it make me laugh yeah you know is it a if it's a rom-com, did it make me, like, root for, you know, the couple or whatever? Right. And that sort of thing. And I think it just falls down to that really simple criteria. And it's not this big whole, like, did they pull off 
their grand you know theme that they wanted (laughs) to was it really good maybe it wasn't a good movie but i still enjoyed it and you know and i think that's just something that we need to also think about and consider like you know it's sometimes just as simple as that that that's a really valid point like i feel like that's been a, a big root of what we've been talking about like did it make me did it make me cry did it make me laugh did it make me feel a full spectrum of emotion did mm-hmm. it make me feel icky did it mm-hmm. make me feel uncomfortable did it make like did i have a type of visceral reaction when i watched it that wasn't just oh that was shocking it was just like mm-hmm. i felt something i thought like feeling and thinking too like did mm-hmm. i think like oh like did it, did it change my perspective on something, right? Because that's a big thing, too, mm-hmm. is, like, am I, am I, for me, like, a big part of the movie-going experience is do I come out of that movie feeling like a different person? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Did I, did I feel changed in some way? I think that's what, for me, is, like, a good movie. Did I, did I watch that movie and now I feel different? Mm-hmm. Now, because I feel like a lot of my favorite movies, I watch it and I'm, like, huh, now I feel different. Now I feel like... Yeah. And that, and that does come with experiences too. And that does come with... That's why I love... There's certain movies that are comfort movies because you watch it and you watch... You you have some life experiences. You watch it again. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. now I get what this was saying. Or now yeah. it feels a different way. Now I relate to this other character, you know? And it's... That's cinema, baby. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's... That's Hollywood, baby. That's the quote. That's cinema, <laughs> baby. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, I think, I think we're coming to a close, yeah? Yeah. Um, so I think we should probably talk about, can cinema ever really die? So. <laughs> Pat's note cards, <laughs> getting ready. It's literally just one little quote to end for you guys. I think for us, like, we've had, we come to the conclusion, if cinema ever does die, which is, the closest died is to the pandemic like that's what we've discussed if if it cinema ever does die it can easily be resurrected again mm-hmm. and that's just, all we have just leave it at that yeah no but i think <laughs> i think i don't think personally cinema could ever die yeah. because it's lasted this long and it's always always mm-hmm. always evolving go back to our whole discussion rewind and listen to <laughs> rewind yeah rewind and listen to how the pandemic changed movies mm-hmm. and the movie going experience you know, we have that whole thing. And, you know, I think as long as we have stories to tell and as long as people, new people, new being in big, bold letters. Coming, and diverse. Yeah, and diverse coming into the industry and having these stories to tell. I don't I don't think cinema can ever really die because mm-hmm. as humans, we just naturally have this want to share and to tell mm-hmm. stories. And I think... Because, and to express ourselves. And to express ourselves. And I think as long as we have that, then I don't think movies or cinema could ever really die because we're always just going to evolve our, our way of storytelling. Yeah, I think, like Kim said, like, we're, like, we as people are constantly evolving and constantly changing. We as a society are constantly changing. And that's true for the art. Like, not even just with film and TV. I don't want to get too, like, general but like Mm -hmm. with all art like we've seen so many different painting styles Mm -hmm. throughout life throughout society we've seen so many different poetry styles Mm -hmm. like and it all is reflective of what's going on with society now Mm -hmm. what's going on with people right now and 
since we're always changing, like there's going to be something new. There's going to be something different. There's mm-hmm. going to be some someone out there who's innovative. There's going to be an, not another Peel, but, you know, someone who's <laughs> as innovative as Peel, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not like we're going to get, even if we get formulaic movies, we're still going to get like entertainment out of those. We're still going to get comfort out of those. Mm-hmm. So cinema's here to stick around, you guys. It is definitely here to stick around. However, I will note it is in danger. <laughs> because this is also a big thing I talk about and might and I will probably bring up again is that a big thing that we're seeing right now is the homogenization of media and mm-hmm. that is because of franchises that is because yeah. of um you know adaptations and remakes and that sort of thing is we're trying to perpetuate the same story and if we don't get those breakthrough stories like we saw last year we <laughs> It's a it's a very big indicator that we're falling into fascism because it's all trying to push the same agenda and the same message out to the public. And then we all just kind of become like, ah, yes, this is the only thing that's out there. And then we should agree with it. And then it makes us more susceptible to propaganda and that sort of thing. It's a whole thing really dangerous so that's why we need to continue to innovate and tell these stories to have new diverse people come into the industry because if Mm -hmm. we don't then like why are we letting the old white men keep telling us the same thing over and over and over again you know that's not who the whole audience is when you are watching a movie so yeah I think that's I think that's it. Yeah. So Hollywood, hire us. (laughs) (laughs) If you want cinema to stay alive, hire us right now. Yes, right now we're waiting actually we're waiting by our phones yeah we're waiting by our phones i'm gonna keep checking my inbox and if i don't get uh an email that says hollywood (laughs) we'll be hiring you then i will be majorly disappointed yeah okay um that's all for now check out our next episode when it comes to you yeah when it drops and then also follow our instagram yes at filmsplain pod you'll see stuff I don't know. You'll get updates and you'll see stuff and And we'll talk to you guys there too. Yeah, it'll be cool stuff. I promise. Yeah. It'll be totally worth it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say I'm not and I was like, no, it will be. It'll it'll be great. It'll be worth it. We'll have fun, you guys. Yeah. We love you guys already. Yeah. Hearts. Uh, As long as you guys love us. It's a mutual. It's it's a symbiotic thing, you know? That's just how that works. God, I hope so. (laughs) Just whispering. Anyways, until next time, this was Films Playing Pod. I'm Kim. And I'm Sadie's. And thank you for listening. Okay, bye. Goodbye.